0: Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer sourced and solution focused insights for healthcare executives, airing every Tuesday. I'm Jasmine Ray, Health Leaders Revenue Cycle Editor. My guest for today's episode is John Zabrowski, Senior Vice President, Chief Financial Officer, and Chief Strategy Officer for VHC Health, a health system based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. At the beginning of the year, the system announced it had entered a 15-year end-to-end partnership with MedMetrics, a revenue cycle management solution. During our conversation, Zabrowski discusses the system's previous RevTech efforts, how the partnership came to fruition, how the system and the vendor plan to work together, and goals for the first year. Hope you enjoy. John, thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast.
1: Hey, Jasmine. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm I'm really excited. It's a pleasure to be here with you today.
0: So you have a few different roles within VHC 12, two of which focus on finance and strategy, respectively. I'd like to hear your thoughts on how you all have navigated the revenue cycle management technology boom thus far.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really great question. And I think everybody who starts that process you know, honestly, they're all starting from their own unique place. And I think what we ended up doing was really looking at um, our particular situation. And so where we were, um, was we were sitting with an amazingly talented team that was exceptionally high performing. And the thing that was causing us challenges as far as getting to that next level was I think things that were, uh, that are likely causing others, you know, challenges as well. If you think about healthcare, the, the core business of healthcare, is really caring for the community's health needs. And when you think about what that means, that that core focus really requires folks to invest the majority of their um, capital into areas that support healthcare delivery. And so areas like revenue cycle and related technological advances certainly can be neglected. Um, As we thought about that and we thought about the opportunities, we really realized we need to think about it differently for a few reasons. One, we had to change the paradigm of just not being ahead of the curve in the types of technology we had available. But in addition to that, from a people-first perspective, the thing that we really wanted to solve for was making sure that our associates had the right tools and the right technology and the right support at the right place so they could do their jobs. But even more importantly, uh, from a career advancement perspective or an opportunity to allow people people to advance within their current roles. If you're stuck within a a mid-sized healthcare system, there's not a lot of upward mobility or opportunity to grow within that that, um, ecosphere, if you will. And so the other thing that we really wanted to think about as we thought about technology and getting additional capability was how do we find a solution that allows our associates to grow and have even more satisfaction and engagement with their current roles.
0: What are some solutions or efforts that the uh, system implemented before now or maybe some efforts or that you tried, but maybe they didn't succeed?
1: Great question. I think one of the smartest things we did and. This was an initiative that happened uh, prior to me joining the organization. VHC uh, did invest in implementing Epic as an EHR. I think when we moved to Epic, we certainly gained a lot of capability. When we thought about the types of data we could look at, um, the ability to model contracts and things of that nature certainly was you know, greatly enhanced. So I, I think first and foremost, there's a building block. Uh, that was the first step and, and just having that great EHR backbone to, to build upon was strong. What we focused on traditionally. Additionally, is trying to find technology advances or partners who could do portions of the revenue cycle. So, we might work with an early out vendor. We might work with a denials recovery vendor. We might work with somebody else who could help us with strategic pricing or, you know, uh, uh, rebuilding uh, accounts uh, that potentially uh, could have been coded uh, more appropriate for the documentation. Um, And when you think about those solutions, I think they were all really great ideas. Each of those individual vendors had a a process that we didn't have. They had a capability that we certainly benefited from. But when I think about looking at all those disparate relationships, what we were not able to really achieve was a larger synergy. And that synergy was so important because um you, you couldn't collaborate amongst those different vendors they were really just focused in their own silos um so i would say you know we were we were successful in regards to what we did um, with the technology and the work that we were performing our team was typically in the 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 top decile to the top quartile of the epic database in regards to revenue cycle performance so certainly not um you know not missing the mark by a stretch real high performing team Uh, But the parts we couldn't get to and where we really failed, um, we could never quite get to automation. We could never get to deploying uh, bots to um, take care of those high volume, very routine, very mundane transactions. uh, Thinking about ways to leverage how we uh, respond to denial requests. Um, We just couldn't quite get there. And so despite the fact that I think we had a really good chassis in regards to Epic, I think we had a strong team. Um, I think we had good results. And certainly I think we had a a good disparate group of partners who uh, could help us achieve uh, results that we wanted. We just couldn't quite get uh, that last uh, mile uh, that we wanted to, that we knew we could. And you know what I'm really talking about is kind of the holy grail of that last one to 2% of collections of uh, your AR. How do you make that happen as efficiently as possible? I think the other area that we really struggled with was uh, uh, scalability. VHC Health is a very high growth, high impact organization. Uh, In the time I've been here, our physician group um, it has quadrupled in size. Um, And thinking about how do we have a partner or systems in place. That will allow us to scale appropriately and continue to provide the right level of um, effort, oversight, scrutiny, uh, to maintain all the good processes we have. We just couldn't quite find that solution um, in regards uh, to that effort. Um, We certainly tried a lot of different vendors, partnerships, other ideas. um, But really for us, what it was, was how do we go from great to excellent? And quite frankly, how do we handle the very rapid uh, growth? How do we scale for that rapid growth and make sure that we continue to provide uh, the best value for the organization so we can continue to care for the community?
0: With the partnership being uh, end to end, what were some particular issues? I know that you mentioned collections as one that the system wanted to address and who who was involved in the decision-making process?
1: Yeah, as far as evaluating end-to-end and how that worked out, you know, it was really an interesting process. We spent approximately a year. Uh, we engaged an advisor, Kaufman Hall, to help us think through. And initially, what we did is we really did do a, um, a full-scope survey of revenue cycle partners who you know, were highly regarded, who could really help provide value uh, in our particular situation. Understanding those revenue cycle partners and what they could bring for us um, was the first step, and it was really great to, I think, have a, you know, have an outside consultant who could just really level set. Um, all in all, uh, roughly 22 partners were evaluated and initially considered for, you know, the next step of discernment. As we started going through that process and talking about how and who and what, um, that was really where we focused a lot of the effort on um, the opportunity correct Um, and and the correct opportunity was really, again, focused on people first Um, the thing that I was searching for the most is I wanted to find an opportunity that would really honor the people that had made that revenue cycle be what it is and quite frankly, truly put them in a better place uh, post transaction and um, those decisions were really guided by myself we brought them through our finance committee we discussed them with our board obviously i shared those with my peers on the executive team and certainly had a lot of uh, participation and discussion with my ceo and our board chair and we really thought through how this could work and how it could be Um, one of the reasons why we initially focused on uh, working with an outside consultant and really keeping the, the thought process at a little bit of a higher level of the governance, is we just frankly didn't know, you know, is this something we really wanted to do? And the last thing that we wanted to do was uh, cause anybody um, angst or, you know, any kind of anxiety. Um, again, this this was a high performing team, still is a high performing team. Uh, this is a group of people that are doing a great job. So the, the last thing that we wanted to do was. Uh, have anybody feel uh, less confident about uh, the value that they provided with the skill set? Um, once we caught it down to the partners that we were interested in working with, we really did focus on a lot of detailed analysis, understanding the data, understanding the products that were offered, understanding the technology, understanding the services that they could provide that we might not have. Um, But more importantly, really understanding how we work together with those various entities. And um, again, as you thought through that process um, and got very comfortable with it um, over time, it was was one of those decisions that became um, pretty clear and pretty evident. Um, We ended up selecting that metrics um, in this exercise, in this process. Um, We previously worked with them for about five years. Uh, they've done a variety of contract modeling of the ancillary services for our organization. And we had a great feel for the culture. We knew that if we had asked for something, we already knew that it, it was getting delivered and frankly over-delivered uh to uh to our you know, extreme pleasure. And uh when we coupled our past experience with a thorough review and understanding of what else we could bring by moving that relationship a little deeper into an end-to-end process, uh, it just made a lot of sense. And so, in that regard, that's when we went through, uh, prepared all the materials, went through governance, and obtained the uh, approvals to move forward.
0: So, 15 years is a long time for a partnership like this. So, how do VHC and MedMetrics plan to work together? Can you tell us a little bit about the strategy for implementation?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, a lot of people like that standard 10-year deal. And I'll tell you my view, it's probably a little bit different. Um, In a 10-year deal, if you think about what you're really getting out of that deal, uh, the first year you're trying to figure out how to arrange the chairs on a deck, you're implementing technology, you're doing assessments, deep dives, uh, you're integrating teams, and you're kind of trying to get organized in a fashion. So, if you have a 10 year deal, that first year you've already kind of burned 10% of your time uh, figuring it out and integrating and organizing. And if you think about the back end of a 10 year deal, you know, my view is that two years prior to the end of the deal, you certainly should be spending a lot of time thinking about what you want to do next. So, if you really think about it, you're going to spend the last two years really focused on are you going to re up? Are you going to transition? Are you doing something different? On the first year, you're spending a lot of time trying to figure out how to organize, um, you know, coalesce the team into a a really strong group amongst two different organizations and making sure you get the results. So, you know, frankly, my view is in a 10 year deal, you're really getting seven years of value. And I I just don't find that to be uh, worth the effort. If I take those same timeframes, I can generate, you know, 12 years of value. Um, on a 15-year deal and spend a lot more time executing, refining, and driving value for the system. Plus, it tends to create a lot less disruption because, you know, quite frankly, I've added five years to that that time frame. So
0: that's really sort of
1: the thought process around 15 versus 10. Um, It's a major transition. I think the last thing you want to do is short, um, short yourself the value or Um, you know, create create a transition too quickly. Um, So that's kind of our view on that. In regards to how we work together, uh, we've got a really nice setup in that, you know, we still maintain touch bases uh, with our revenue cycle leads. Um, Those are, you know, three and four times a week. We certainly maintain uh, a routine cadence with the executive that's in charge of the relationship as well as the Executive Vice President, Chief Operating Officer of our partner. Um, So we've got at the top a a real good discussion point, a lot of talking, a lot of communication from an overall governance perspective. um, What we're transitioning into very shortly um, is basically a shared governance council, if you will. So within that shared governance council, uh, from a partner perspective or a VHC perspective, we'll have the appropriate people at the table to talk about. How do we strategize the next 30 days, the next 60 days? What do we want to prioritize? What are the areas that we think have the greatest value? Um, Hearing from our partners at MedMetrics in regards to things they've found or things they can work on uh, to help optimize that performance um, as well as other opportunities. So what we've basically kind of created is this, this governance committee and it's, it's really exciting because it's interdisciplinary. So we've got our, our chief information officer on there, our chief medical officer on there. We've got our case management team on there. Uh, I'm on there as well. And then on, uh, from a partner perspective, MedMetrics has certainly got you know their cadre of folks as well. So we have our account lead. We've got the chief operating officer involved. We've got their executive leadership involved. And then we've got the leads of the various areas within the RCM process. So be it HIM, our hospital bill, our physician bill uh, areas, um, our denials areas. And it's really cool. Um, What we are able to do is we're able to coordinate um, concepts around how do we automate our uh, denials and appeal process? How are we focused on quality metrics and what's the tie into coding and uh, clinical documentation improvement efforts. Um, how are we going to automate, and what's the first area to automate with uh, bots and and other you know like technologies? So we're really excited about the structure that we've set up, um, but certainly it's it's a very clear open governance structure to make sure that from a an overall management perspective, uh, our parties remain aligned and and we've got real clear communication. Outside of those two areas, uh, frankly, there's like a weekly touch base as well, where you know we'll be talking about and discussing what are the KPIs and our key revenue cycle metrics, how's days in AR, how's our realization rates looking, what's happening with denial trends, et cetera. And so, I really think if if you think about the way we've carved it out, we've got a real strong uh, three pronged approach that you know allows for a strong operational alignment, strategic alignment and organizational alignment to really achieve uh, the strategic goals of this partnership.
0: So we're currently in quarter one. What are some goals for the first year of the partnership?
1: That's a great question. We are 25 days into it and, um, you know, really where we're at, very exciting. Um, We have already completed uh, full reviews of the playbooks. We've had successful transition to all the related uh, technological assets. So our team has moved fully over to our partners, infrastructure, things of that nature. Um, From a phase one perspective and year one perspective, in the next couple of months, the big focuses that we're going to have are going to be thinking about how do we streamline the registration process? How do we make sure we can protect against denials? How are we gonna work to use AI to staff our denials uh, process as we go ahead and fight those denials? Um, As well as a big focus that we have is on the physician advisory component of our our, our partnership, really integrating physician advisory services more robustly into the organization. So whether we're looking at a case management issue, uh, a new service line issue, things of that nature, making sure that we've got a really clear understanding of, you know, how to fix those opportunities. Those are really the big um, opportunities that we're looking on for the the first year, and then we'll continue to drive um, further refinements as we go on.
0: To round out our conversation today, what are some best practices for health systems to consider when they're entering partnerships with different revenue cycle management solutions?
1: You know, from my view, I think we've been really successful in the transition because we really did take a people first view. I think when you hear a pitch or somebody presents an opportunity to drive revenue enhancement, automation, and technology, those are awesome, you know, um, aspirational goals. Um, it, it's great to bring value it's a whole lot of fun to be in the middle of creating something new and leveraging some new technology. But I would argue the best practice on the front end is to really understand the culture of that organization you're working with. How are the people that you currently have in your organization going to uh, fit into that new environment? Um, If they're not going to fit well, and the way that they're going to work in that new environment is drastically different Um, if they're not going to have an opportunity for advancement um, and if they're certainly not going to have an opportunity to I'd say increase their you know their revenue cycle acumen their ability to contribute I think those are three things that anybody considering a revenue cycle partnership especially something as massive an end-to-end deal really need to think about. Um, Frankly, we chose MedMetrics because the culture was exceptionally well aligned. Um, The the manner in which the teams work together uh, today is exactly like they worked together when they were a part of our organization in BHC, except it's frankly been enhanced because MedMetrics has been able to wrap the support around them and start enabling them with the technology Um, more in-depth education and things of that nature. Um, Outside of that piece, I think once you satisfy the people piece of it, you're very comfortable that that culture and that people piece is taken care of. um, And I always refer to that as people first. um, I think the other piece, you need to be really careful of, is how are they coming in and and presenting the opportunities? If you're dealing with a, a partner, a potential partner who isn't really taking the time to understand your data, I would suggest that you should be pretty cautious. I think oftentimes when folks do an assessment uh, and come in and and say, you know, health system, we can create X millions of dollars of LIFT, I think a lot of times that's based on averages and they might not know the details. Um, If you're not comfortable that The people that you're talking to about such a deep relationship haven't taken the time to really dig into the data and to understand your AR, to understand your payers, to understand your process. Um, I would argue that's that's probably another red flag that you should be really careful of. Um, Certainly having a a deep assessment, having a, a good understanding and a confidence of the people that are providing the assessment understand how your organization does business, I think that's, you know, again, paramount, certainly not before people, but immediately after people, because if they're not understanding how you're doing the business or how to calculate those numbers, uh, you certainly could end up short. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is create a very large, uh, dynamic, long-term arrangement um, that isn't going to accomplish those strategic goals. Um, so, those would be the two pieces of uh, advice I would recommend in regards to the best practices. Uh, last but not least, quite frankly, I, I really appreciate having an external party um, validate, gut check, help understand um, the situation. Um, having that third party validation like we did uh, working with Kaufman Hall really helped us understand and tease out some of the nuance and, and help us understand. Um, how things were maybe more more accurately portrayed as opposed to maybe what we thought we heard or what we thought we saw in the presentation. Um, Having that sounding board uh, riding shotgun with you on such a big transaction I think is an exceptionally good idea especially if you don't you know have history with many of these companies Um, they all do very similar work uh, and you've got to find the one that is going to actually really bring that value for your organization.
0: And John, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. And thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday with more healthcare industry insights.